This is Inside Outlands. I am your host, Nat Ryle, and joining me today is CLX, and as Owen likes to call you, Outlands first player. How's it going, man? <laughs> yeah, very well, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. By the way, it's, I like the transition from your uh, normal chatting voice to your uh, to your podcast voice. Very <laughs> it should be the same. <laughs> it's, not, it's, a, it's a phone voice. <laughs> yeah, how's it going? Uh, I, I brought you on. Um, I kind of been saving you in my back pocket. Uh, so if the message was either blue, it really wasn't. I've been thinking of having you on for a long time, but uh, I thought this would be a good conversation. You've got a lot of history on Outlands and, and Beta and, and live, of course. You, you uh, you're probably famous now for the, the the dev debriefs where people get to hear your voice. So <laughs> yeah, sadly, it's it's more my my out of game actions than my in game actions, which which is the opposite way around to what I'd want it really. But but yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. Thanks for having me on. It's a, pleasure yeah, i don't do shit in game like i don't do anything in game uh, <laughs> I, I make uh, i make the boss runs with with beard brothers i go on our boss runs and then i sit in guild hall i sit at my house and i'm like the worst player i just show up for like the big shit and uh yeah, was, s- sadly i've i mean i think i've always been guilty of this on on every server but more so on outlands because of discord i can be on discord or talking about uo so i i probably spend three times as much time talking about it as i do playing which is a which is a sad state of affairs you know, i don't think so i think the good sign of a game or at least a game that's in your conscience is is you're always thinking about it and you're planning your next uh your next step yeah. games like eve and uo are really good about that where you're just uh you're just interacting with the game while not being in the game and there's yeah. a lot that uo has for that there's something about uo that the, the way it plays creates a kind of proper community and all the guild politics. And I, I really, I've always really enjoyed that side of things. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, and here lately I've been wrapped up in politics, maybe not firsthand, but I get to hear about all of it in our officer chat and what's going on. Between yeah. And game yeah. I mean, BB, BB are now kind of a factor in the, in the PVP community. So it's been a bit of a change for your group. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, we've, we've we've grown. We're still growing. We're still a bunch of idiots, but uh, it's been a lot of fun to to see it see it all kind of evolve to where we are today on the shard. But let's before we get to the where we're at now, let's talk <laughs> about let's talk about yeah. what what's what got you into you. Like, what, what's your original history? Ah, uh, so you shouldn't ask me these questions. I think I like talking about it far too much. <laughs> so yeah i didn't start as early as some people um a friend of mine so i was 16 or 17 at the time a friend of mine that lived in the same same kind of vi- same village as me uh picked up the game and played it on the trial month and i kind of sat and watched him play it a few times um and I th- this must have been very close to to the launch of the game and i for months had this game in the back of my mind like how amazing it was seeing someone casting a gate and being able to travel through it and I guess probably somewhere between six and nine months later, I'd finally managed to pester my parents to allow me to spend the money from my part-time shop worker job on getting an internet connection because there just wasn't one in the house at this point in time. Uh, and it was all kind of with a UO in my mind. Um, yeah, dial-up and shit. <laughs> <laughs> You've no idea how, how backwards the UK was at that point in time as well so your your options for a internet connection was pay per minute so my connection allowed me eight free hours a week 
<laughs> for I think, if I remember rightly, something around around forty pounds. So I guess at the time that was probably sixty dollars a month. And I could I could access the internet for eight hours at a time. Like it just <laughs> uh, when I think I'm I'm in front of a computer for eight to twelve hours at a time, including work. Now, <laughs> different world. Yeah, we, so, we, had Prod- we had Prodigy here in the states. I think that was by the hour, and then AOL. They had a, the same thing, but they came out with their Unlimited, and I just pestered my parents. Okay, move to Unlimited. I know it's like five dollars more a month, and I can play this. I was playing Muds. I could play this Mud for you know way more hours than what I currently can. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's almost un- unthinkable now. So when I first got it, I didn't actually play UO first. I knew a couple of people that were playing Diablo or Diablo, sorry. Um, so I ended up playing that for, I don't know, three or four months. And then the people that I played that with um, moved on to UO. So I, I, I naturally kind of migrated with them. But ridiculously at this, this time, uh, it probably says a lot about me, but it turns out I've actually, there's actually quite a few Outlands players that made the same mistake. So I ended up playing on Pacific, which, as we all know now, is obviously West Coast US and... I'm obviously very British, so I've no idea what my uh, 28k modem ping-wise was giving me to Pacific. Probably five or six hundred. But at the time, did I didn't you, even, did I didn't know, even know what ping though? was. No, I had did you no know idea. then what was going on, or did it? Did you think the game? <laughs> that's had, how the games are supposed to be. Yeah, I had absolutely no idea. I guess I didn't even. I didn't even have a horse, so I just walked around. You don't notice any kind of lag. There was there was a, a worldwide player base. So I was talking to um, Vanson. Uh, in Discord the other day. So he's, I think, quite a well-known Outlands player. Um, turns out he also played Pacific in the same time period. Um, I know there's a couple of um, Majestic, people from the Majestic Guild here on um, Outlands. They're Danish. They also um, <laughs> they also played on Pacific around this time. <laughs> so it was, it was clearly a common mistake that we just didn't understand latency or ping or connections or, in some cases, even geography. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love it. That's uh, I, I obviously did not play on live. Were, were you there? How long did you stay on live? So I played um, Pacific from sometime around summer '98. I think I think the um, the receipt on my uh, on my UO box was still legible a few years ago, and it said I purchased the game in May '98. So I guess that was just before Second Age. Um, I played on Pacific for something like a year. Um, possibly slightly longer but with my my eight hours a week connection you can imagine how much of a factor i was in anything there you know, i was i was in a guild of um, quite a major guild um obviously people i was linked to from diablo had got me into this so i played with them but i yeah, i had a, i had a, a warrior character if i saw a red i was absolutely petrified going into the seat no night sight hearing the noises of the leeches absolutely terrifying still st- still with me to this day. Like, that's kind of i think the thing that initially hooked me into this game and yeah so it wasn't until i um i moved servers a few times that i really started getting into pvp or even had a connection that that enabled it uh after pacific i played on um siege paradise which i still think is kind of the the best uo experience on on the OSI servers. Yeah, I like I like the concept of Siege Perilous a lot. I've actually tried it recently. It's just, it's just really dead. There's no one there. But it's, 
I, I love yeah, I don't even understand. Sorry, so yeah, am I right in thinking they've added all the other um, facets to it, but but with a Faluka rule set? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's still the same. Like you can have one character only, um, so you're not allowed to have multiple characters. You have to have two accounts to have more than one character on there. Um, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, they, seeds, that, seeds that first made me start paying for more than one account because you just couldn't manage with with only one character, really, unless you were part of a large guild. Yeah, it's I probably can't. worse now with no, with no one playing it. Yeah, I I really don't understand how how anyone still plays um, OSI. I know I know everyone had their their patch that was the, the cutoff point for them. Um, for, there was a few for me. I thought Trammel was it, um, but I was quickly dragged back into the game. I thought AOS was it. Um, again, dragged back in quickly. Ended up absolutely loving it. Uh, yeah, there was some fantastic pvp over harrowers and things like that um i think the final straw for me was when they added all the, the samurai stuff into the game i i kind of hung on for another year or so after that and i yeah i couldn't take it in fact i do remember that they, they added elves and gargoyles and that was that was the final straw for me so i guess kind of like 2007 that's, 2008 maybe <laughs> that's a hell of a run man that's a mm. you basically stayed for like the the entire span of the game. There's really not been much added since 07. Oh, really? I don't think so. Yeah. That so, high seeds expansion. That's about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I moved from, um, from siege to the Europa server, obviously finally realizing I need to play a server near, near to home in uh, 2001. And I think I finally got broadband in summer 2002, which is when I could kind of start really getting into the PVP, which is, what I'd always been interested in in UO, it was kind of semi unachievable for me up until this point. Playing from Europe on dial up, uh, my options were pretty much limited to stealth characters, which which I really enjoyed playing on Siege. Um, in the dungeons there with no gate and recall, you could actually um, you could actually kind of be competitive on that kind of character. Hey, uh, solo player, would you? Because uh, like here, all those. PBM damage multipliers don't really work. Oh, I, you just would hunt down people that are low, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, generally, I wasn't, all, I wasn't always, um, I wasn't always PKing. I was, you know, to start off with, yeah, my kind of UO history up until two thousand and one was as a anti PK and being involved in those kind of groups. Um, but yeah, st- I mean, st- stealth things much more, much more suitable for catching out um, unarmed PBMers than anything else, really. Yeah, I love the stealth play. Oh, the re- reason why I picked stealth on Outlands, though, is just that I can stealth up and AFK. So it, it works. Right. <laughs> yeah, if you, need, if you need kids, I got. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can imagine. It's enough of a distraction when when I'm being called down by the girlfriend. I can't imagine when you've got kids in the background as well. How you uh, have to just abandon your character in the middle of a fight. Yeah, I've thought about doing the the tamer build and, and tearing up command suits and all that and. I just think I might farm gold more, but I'm just going to lose aspect, you know, really quick because you know, I got to get this kid this or hop off and go do this. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I'm quite lucky. I get I, I get to work from home fairly frequently, and I, Discord can drag me into UO, which is quite dangerous. Um, but yeah, my evenings tend to be fairly free as long as, long as I can uh, convince the girlfriend I'm going to spend some time with her of an evening. I can get a good few hours of solid interrupted UO time in. That's another battle entirely. It's, uh, 
bouncing. I guess it's quite quite yeah, rare yeah. for someone of our generation, right? 38 years of age, and I, I still managed to be able to be a child for a good few hours an evening and mess around in UO. Yeah, I was telling, we were talking, uh, yesterday was my son's birthday, and we're chatting about what it was like when we were 14, because he's turning 14. And uh, it's like, man, we were super obsessed with video games. My brother was like, shit, we're 30-something. We're still obsessed. Like, nothing's changed. <laughs> yeah, and I guess if it hasn't, by this age, it probably isn't going to change for us, is it? Really, this is this is it no. now. No. We're still going to be playing UO. Probably still going to be playing Outlands in ten years' time. I, I wish uh, <laughs> this this is for sure uh, the longest I've been into a game. Uh, you know, I, I think since Eve Online, and after Eve Online, I just hopped and hopped and hopped and hopped for yeah. years. So being here eight months is ridiculous for me. Yeah, same same for me. I've um, I mean since I since I left OSI, I've tried a couple of free servers. Even tried even tried running a free server at one point in time, but they've, none of them have lasted past uh, past six months. I think it's kind of massive credit to Ivan and Luthius and, and Expo what they, what they've created. That it's one kept everyone's attention long enough, and two, it's been run professionally enough that it's been free of the kind of drama that tends to drive a lot of players away from other servers. Yeah, I've seen that, not necessarily with UO, but other other private shard communities or emulator communities where just the, the admins just completely collapse. Either either go AFK or it's some other dumb drama that you're not on the know of, some kind of a discourse that's happening between them. Uh, yeah, Owen's, luckily, Owen's a machine. Absolutely yeah, luckily machine, none of that's happened here. Yeah, I don't know how he does it as well as having a, his own full-time job. It's uh, it's incredibly impressive. I said I said to him a few months ago, he's basically now a, a qualified project manager, a qualified community manager. He can start adding all this to his CV. Yeah, I, I don't I actually don't know what he does for a living, but uh, <laughs> he could easily <laughs> get a different job. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. From what I know, it's not it's not related industries. So he's yeah. <laughs> He's clearly got some uh, some skills that he wasn't aware of previously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they all have they all have yeah. jobs. So it's definitely a part time endeavor for him. You, you couldn't tell that though. Like, no, I, I agreed. Yeah, sorry, I kind of jumped us around a bit there. So, yeah, going back to when I kind of really got into PvP, that was on uh, on Europa, just towards the end of um, the Renaissance era, um, and that was when I really kind of made the shift from anti PK to PK in which was kind of perfectly timed for public's published 16 patch, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with. No, no, I'm not. So through, through it, it's quite funny actually. Now you see a lot of people talking in very kind of um, nostalgic terms about the Renaissance era, but I think that's more related to free servers that they played since without travel. Because my, my recollections of, renaissance outside of siege uh, a very very negative really you know kind of communities chopped in half a the map duplicated which just seems like the most incredibly short-sighted experience by by osi short-sighted lazy and you know feluca was just a wasteland you know, it's hearing people kind of pine for this era, era is very very strange to me because there was no one around Europa, Europa in I don't know, 2001 when I moved there, I'd be surprised if there was 100 people playing actively. Um, yeah, so you're lazy is exactly it. That is one of the most lazy design choices probably in a game mm. 
ever, I would think. It was all, it, it felt like it was done to kind of punish PvPers and, and PKers. It was like, we're going to take everyone away and leave you in this wasteland. Well, from, from one perspective, yes. I think from a perspective that someone that loves Trammel, um, you know, no. It's just, yeah. just the... But reason why I like uh, I like these living game worlds is that there's, they find a way to have us all coexist. And the best games are the one that, that accomplished that the best. And, and maybe like pre-Trammel or whatever you would say isn't isn't the best where it's just completely lawless and chaotic. But surely they could have done something to uh yeah I've, appease all the players i i i have absolutely no problem with trammel as a concept absolutely no problem if if they had have implemented it where it was a different land mass uh with lower resources i would have had absolutely no problem because it was it was clear that the majority of players didn't enjoy being pk'd and griefed yeah that's <laughs> that's fair you can't blame anyone for that no one plays a video game to get bullied which is effectively what was happening to people. Yeah, that's the modern take on on this is uh, uh, more risk, you get more reward. Yeah. So that's what they do is they dangle the carrot to get those players into the dangerous areas, and that's that's where the the PK happens. Uh, yeah, yeah, UO definitely could have done that. I, I don't know why they didn't, but this is a pretty young era in a game where, like you mentioned earlier, that the gate you saw someone cast a gate. And <laughs> want to try it out. You know how amazing yeah. that is today that you can cast a gate and teleport anywhere in the map. Like games don't do yeah. that now. I, I this this just this game is a work of absolute genius, and it still blows my mind that they created it in 1997. And it sounds like they created it in just 18 months or so as well. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, unbelievable work of absolute genius. Yeah. Uh, so. I, I don't know where Outlands is. I guess it's like a weird hybrid of UOR and UO Second Age, right? Yeah, I mean, as far I, mean, I think people get confused because it, it's predominantly Second Age mechanics as far as PvP goes. But I don't, yeah, I don't think you can really put it into one of those brackets. It's certainly not UOR as far as PV, PvP mechanics go. It's try it's tried to implement some templates from that era um, successfully in some cases, although they play very differently. Like a Scribe Mage is very viable here in a group situation but plays nothing like a scribe would in UOR for example right uh I guess what what was a scribe mage like in UOR do you, do you remember so yeah so uh, spells like protection worked very differently so it help you or make it harder for you to be disturbed during casting um I mean the, the main reason pure mages were viable in UOR was whereas on a server where you heal three poison you don't have the um you're not going to kill anyone with just with spells alone. Basically, is a, is a very very simplistic way way of putting it. Second age, you need to have a weapon to kill someone solo. In UOR, pure mages were better than weapon mages, and it's it's quite funny for me actually. And another reason I I sometimes laugh when I hear people talking so nostalgically about Renaissance is the the era I grew up in in UO just before renaissance released you know the two two and a half years leading up to it um insta hit and pre-casting and what sometimes is correctly or incorrectly called tank mages were were the king um and all of the pvpers when that was taken away with them like, you know 100 of pvpers were completely against it and i was kind of an outsider looking into this community you know i hadn't even played a mage 
at this point in time. But feedback about Renaissance was universally terrible from a PvP mechanics perspective. So it's, it's, it's really funny now to hear people talking in such glowing terms about it. It's, yeah, it's very strange how, uh, how time can change things. Well, uh, because it's my podcast, I can talk about whatever I want. And uh, <laughs> UO Renaissance, I think, was the server before this one that that seemed to, to get a lot of popularity. I think it's still popular now, um, which is weird because, you know, they don't have Trammel, obviously, which is what Renaissance has. It's like it's an error accurate with more features and no Trammel. Right. Uh, so Fluke only. Uh, so there's definitely a player base, a large player base out there that, that likes those mechanics. Um, yeah, well, interestingly as well, I think it's turned out that the majority of players on Outlands are uh, Renaissance players, as in the era, rather than the server. Um, I'm not really sure what that is. A lot of the second age players that were around in, that were around in beta left quite quickly afterwards. Um, but I noticed, I noticed a comment actually yesterday where someone said the, the second age player base has always been has always been very fickle servers have come and gone very quickly uh whether that's essentially an age related thing you know people that are into second age are you know hitting 40 now people that people that played renaissance have both had more recent free servers and it was a more recent era on osi so perhaps they aren't all at that point of having kids and a family and everything yet so there's just more players left from that era yeah uh so i don't have any tie to any era so i'll just say that my um my, my like what I like in a PvP game is where there's just options. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I have a lot of experience with Darkfall, and one of the big downsides of Darkfall is it's the one build Darkfall. Everyone just runs the same right. thing. And, oh, that's interesting. I wasn't I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, they like to say you can make your decision, but no, it's it's really it's the everything build. You have to have everything. <laughs> uh, which is yeah, kind of what a tank mage is. That's really what a tank mage is. It's, it's the hybrid build. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of fall on the opposite side of it to you. Whereas the most important thing to me is that there's balance, and the more template choices that you have, the harder it is to have some kind of balance. Yeah, I like there to be archers and mages yeah. and hybrids and all of them just doing their thing, and and uh, you're not pigeonholed in, into the one build. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, uh, maybe you can talk about how Outlands is is handling all yeah, of that, or where I, I think I think I think Outlands has done a fantastic job when you consider the limitations of the second age rule set i think yeah i i I can be quite hard on luthier sometimes yeah i think simple simple frustration with things not being exactly how i would like them but i think he's done a fantastic job with making more templates viable in this in the era that it's set mostly in so an archer mage is as a general choice is on a is on a par with a swords mage which Generally, you you know, in on past servers, it's either one or the other. Whereas it really is a, a 50-50 mix here. Like swords is marginally better in a one v one situation. Archer is better in a group situation. Um, he's also managed to make scribe mages viable. Uh, parry is a viable choice for mages. Alchemy is a viable choice. Um, and you can do all sorts of things with decks. It's like some of the templates people are running here just would, wouldn't be viable elsewhere you know, it's, it's, in, in, to, uh, to my mind it's potentially not a good thing the amount of variance that there is i think you know healing taking healing at 40 or 60 here with no anatomy is a really good choice um too oh, interesting. Though, why is that you think so 
normally, I, I think the, um, the formula for healing anatomy is the same here. But when you take damage um, on OSI and every other previous free server that I've played, your bandages would slip. So they would either fail or heal, heal less hit points on completion. So here, you can with, with 40 healing, I believe you can do 25, 30 HP bandages. So that's yeah, for, for, for expending 40 points, that's a fantastic return. And it's just something you run in the background, I guess you yeah. get a little... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll find a lot of people will run that in in faction struggle. It's a fantastic choice for for faction struggles, which is a, a different type of PvP. It's almost kind of its own its own genre, really. Um, but yeah, I I think there's probably a little bit too much choice, and it could do with tightening up slightly to make PvP better all round. But like you say, I need to be aware of the other side of the debate. People like to be able to theory craft different templates try out different things and i guess i have to look at the fact you know i i have five pv five pvp characters here so i clearly like the uh the change as well the choice yeah uh i've been seeing a lot of mage pvpers out lately too uh i'm not sure maybe people are finding pets and combinations they like in pvp or they're just there's just so much to experiment there with their abilities um tamers you mean sorry yeah tamers yeah tamers. yeah don't talk to me about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I, I would. Uh, I, I know they got they have changes coming, but yeah, I, um, I, the only I've heard is people don't like uh, having to to stand up through a bunch of pets. You know, to- so yeah, well, so my when I when I really did get heavily into, into PvP in UO, you know, kind of going back in time a little bit again, I was kind of a. I started a guild on on the Europa server that ended up being probably the the premier pvp pk guild sort of 2001 to 2004 2002 maybe onwards um and we you know primarily were a dungeon based guild around champion spawns and things like that and i kind of thought of myself as a dungeon pvp specialist using the spawns to my advantage uh you know dealing with the tamers that would be doing the champion spawns and things like that uh, but it plays very, very differently on on Outlands. So the places that you encounter tamers is the same dungeons because obviously that's where people are. People are farming and bosses. Um, but pets are definitely stronger here because of the special abilities. Um, now I have frequent debates about this with fellow PVPers, and I think the majority are in agreement with me. But I do see comments from people that I, whose opinions I respect saying, you know, it's just a case of learning how to deal with the tamers. They're not that overpowered. Um, it's just people I respect, so I can't completely uh, discount what they're saying, but I find that the pet special moves, um, the damage they can stack um, is is too much for enjoyable PvP, especially when you com- combine it with the, uh, the location that you're fighting, which is Outlands Dungeons which have Outlands monsters, which make for really, really fun PVM. And I wouldn't want to change that for a second. But I think it, it makes the PvP far too random. And it's gone far beyond the point of using spawn and uh, line of sight and plenty of other tricks to your advantage. I think it's, it makes PvP really quite random and, and unsatisfying. But the good thing about Outlands is... So, some of that makes it sound like it's better. But then you say satisfying <laughs> at the end. It's like, oh, it's better. <laughs> no, it's it's. I I 
you know, I, I have to state again, I'm, I'm a very, very average player that's lucky to be carried by some very, very good players. So, you know, anything I say has to be taken with that context in mind. Better players than me can deal with the dungeons and the pets here um, more favorably than I can. But I feel things are quite often out of my hands. Like I can do absolutely everything right in a, in a fight, and I will get hit by a fifty HP, hit by a phoenix, or or, or whatever else, or a um, a mob will lock me in place for ten seconds whilst whilst five people hit me. It, yeah, these are just things that didn't really happen on OSI, at least not in the uh, the last few years that I played. Um. But the great thing about Outlands is there's so many options for PvP. You don't need to engage in this if you want. But I don't need to step inside a dungeon ever. And there's still plenty of PvP. Uh, Corpse Creek, uh, Faction Strolls, um, just walking around the overland. There's people everywhere. I um, I went on a little PK run with uh, with a guildmate of mine earlier today. And that's not something I do on a, on a regular basis. I find PK fairly fairly unsatisfying compared to compared to actual pvp oh so we gotta dive into that for sure yeah uh, what's yeah. the difference there like how, what do you what's difference that you see in <sighs> so to me so yeah using earlier on as, a, as an example first five to six people we found um died in seconds didn't fight back um Sounds like not- me <laughs> it's not challenging or satisfying for us. Yeah, we get their loot, but I'm you know, I'm lucky enough to be wealthy on this server that I don't need people's loot particularly. And I've just wrecked someone's day and it's someone that might not log in and play again because they've just been killed with 30Ks worth of items on them, which could mean a lot to them. But yeah, the, the first guy we found was at the uh, Lyceum. I'm sure you know the location. And uh, uh, the... In, in mausoleum you said or uh, no um the Ly- lyceum i'm possibly not pr- pronouncing it correctly it's um it's where there's a lot of treasure map locations there's like minotaurs there overland it's overland oh overland okay gotcha yeah well the heap yeah. sure does not want to be pk'd because you go to overland spawns to uh avoid that shit <laughs> so you are you yeah. are bad sir so the guy the guy just <laughs> the guy just the guy just stood there and said are you are you for real i'm new and if I, if I'd been solo, I would have I would have spared the guy. But I'm not going to insist that my uh, my guildmate shares my morals. Um, and sadly, we we tried to resurrect him, but I think he just logged off either angrily or disappointedly. And that's kind of why I don't really like, enjoy PKing. You know, it's, especially when I've you know been involved in Outlands for <sighs> coming up three years now. Scarily. Yeah. You know, uh- I don't killing the thing that I love. I don't. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I go get twenty sets of gear and I put it in my bank or my or my shelf or my before my shelf and my chest. And you know, when that would happen, I would just go regear and, and go back out and it wouldn't yeah. be a deal. But uh, you know, I don't. Maybe where you're at on character progression, it can it can hurt more. But people that that quit over something like that, like you're, you're mostly you're in the wrong game. But uh, yeah. It's definitely a balance between like how often that happens. So if I if that happened to me two times a day, I don't know what my limit is for when I just log off and play another day. But yeah, it kind of goes back to what we said earlier. People don't play this game to be bullied, and they're they're not choosing to engage in, in PvP. Uh, and although I one hundred percent support 
the position of PKs and the fact that people should be able to be PK'd, I'm not sure I particularly feel comfortable adding to it that much. Gotcha. So you, uh, PVP, then you mean uh, fighting someone that, that wants to fight back? Some, yeah. Someone that is, is flagged to me, so their character's orange, or it's gray, or it's red. So how how in Atlands are you seeking that content? Are you are you going to bosses because you know that's kind of an invitation <laughs> to engage with it? Are you are you I've, just? I've built, yeah. I mean, I've built a character specifically for uh, for dungeon PvP. So I after I learned very quickly that taking my um, swords and arts mages into dungeons was a painful experience. So I think I've got a uh, peacemaking mage that I use for group dungeon fights. Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> you're just doing that so you could you can't deal with the mobs while you're, and, while you're and, yeah keep the mobs off you and as soon as you see a tamer tame uh piece their pets okay yep okay. yeah, yeah it's, it's actually it's actually really effective in a group it's obviously completely useless solo um but i'm not go- i'm not going into dungeon solo on a red anyway so i've like people like blacklisted that can pk solo successfully i've got yeah huge amount of uh respect for their for their abilities but i wouldn't put myself through that pain any day yeah he's very uh well he likes to portray himself as humble but you know i've watched a lot of his streams and uh there's a, there's a dedication that goes to his play style for sure yeah yeah he's he's a good player he might not be the best 1v1 pvp on the server uh but he's clearly a very good player yeah you just would never get him to admit that <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah which is great which is another yeah i mean that, that that's that's a big part of it i, I I'm much more happy to give people respect and credit. And I think this goes for most people in the community. You know, someone like, someone like Gray or Pax Romain get a great deal more respect than someone like Viton because of their attitude. His, his attitude stinks. There's, you know, theirs is fantastic. So uh, people are, people are, are happy to acknowledge them as the best PVPers on the server. And he probably belongs in the same category just on his game abilities. But his uh, his attitude means he'll never ever be considered or remembered as one of the greats. Sadly, I challenge anyone to to watch a blacklisted stream and then not just immediately like want to go learn and check it out and, and <laughs> all of that scene. He's yeah, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, he's good to watch. I, yeah, I have to say, although his his stream and uh, BXB Milk stream, although my yeah, guild yeah, is uh, is is kind of the avowed enemies of his guild at the moment. His, his streams are really good watch. I think brings a lot of people to, uh, to outlands. You know, if you, if you, if you logged into, into outlands to check it out for the first time and watch either of those guys streams, you'd be desperate to get involved and get playing. I think. Yeah. BXB milk is doing crazy stuff with, with stealing and the, whatever shenanigans he's up to. Uh, yeah, that's that's fun to watch too. Uh, I, I I I tuned into his stream. I don't know. We, we're probably talking three or four months ago now. This year's just just flying by, and I yeah, I just I was just kind of I just woken up, just just you know looking for something to entertain me while I uh, while I ate breakfast really. And he kind of recalled around the, the server with a group for an hour solid, and they just found action every single place they went i thought it's the possibly the best advert for outlands you could have seen yeah they four four or five different groups in seven or eight different locations yeah and these guys get like these odd stalkers these twitch stalkers that will like anytime they're on they just go pester them that's another <laughs> part of a twitch stream yeah i kind of i kind of like that that, that though that, that people will put that level of dedication into it 
Yeah, yeah. I've got a buddy that I brought to the game, and uh, he got really into the RP. So he was doing uh, orc things, uh, playing with a uh, Bloodrock clan, and uh, nice. he was a big streamer. And all the sniping, he was like, "That's it. I'm just done streaming." You know. And then a couple weeks later, he was kind of done playing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how bad it is here. It's it's yeah. I think there's I think there's quite a bit of it on Outlands, at least at least attempted stream sniping, anyway. Yeah, or using it as an intel tool. You know, where's blacklisted? Where's where's yeah. milk? Where's uh, you know, where's this guy? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the dungeons the dungeons are interesting here because the gates make it very very easy to avoid any kind of combat if you like. Oh uh, uh, yeah, we could talk about that real quick. Uh, so the gate uh, the gate mechanics isn't this way on every shard, right? So the way the gate yeah. up here. So if I'm right in thinking, this was a IPY2, so Emporial M2 uh, mechanic. So 2011, I believe, that server was around, maybe 2010. Um, yeah, and I don't think it's been used anywhere else except for Outlands. I mean, I know Luthius is kind of a big admirer of IPY servers. They're kind of what I think were influenced to get into coding, even in the first place. I could, I could be wrong on that, but it's at least what influenced him to get involved in UO coding. So a lot of features from IPY2 are the basis of uh, Outlands features. So in general, on most UO servers, including OSI, with the exception of Siege Perilous for the whole of its history, and then every other server after AOS, um, outside of that, you could always recall a gate into dungeons. Okay, anywhere in the dungeon? or Yeah, anywhere. So there, there was... Yeah, basically any. So you you'd mark runes at, at at mob spawns, basically. So you'd have a rune in a rune book that would say like poison elements or shame, and you could recall straight to that spot. If I ever play another shard, I will never get used to that because <laughs> at this point I'm like, Outland is my only UO experience, really. So this yeah. is normal to me, but that sounds that sounds insane. So so someone yeah. could drop on me anywhere, like I could be at a spawn, and I guess yep. that's how Overlook works can- now. You, yeah, but you could also press your re, your recall macro to escape. So it's kind right. of swings and roundabouts, really. Um, yeah, that's true, yeah. So on Siege, you couldn't um, recall a gate into dungeons. I mean, recall didn't work at all on that server. You could only gate uh, anywhere, and you couldn't use either in dungeons. Um, so that was quite an interesting thing. So like guilds would actually like control dungeons. You had this kind of like element of territorial control. If you controlled the entrance to the, the dungeon, you could control the dungeon. So Obviously, Deceit and, and Shame were always the two most lucrative dungeons. So early on Siege, there was big PK guilds that completely controlled those two dungeons. I mean, Akasha was uh, was part of one of those two guilds, actually. That's where I where I kind of first know him from, his guild, um, Undead Lords, which I think he mentioned on his, um, his little um, podcast with you. Uh, they controlled uh, Deceit along, alongside the um, Shadow Clan Orcs, and they completely had the dungeon locked down. Yeah, you can do that here. Not many do it. Uh, I think you're seeing SUP try with, uh, and well, it's succeeding a lot of times with uh, Ossuary, you know, the Guardians of Ossuary yeah. and pay tribute and all that. Uh, but you're not really, you don't see that much. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's more difficult to do here with the gates and the fact that you can actually recall into the, the uh, gates at the start of the first two levels, in most first level in most dungeons. Um, whereas obviously on siege you had to walk in through the entrance. Three or four okay. reds there was going to stop anyone anyone coming in without like a concerted push from a group. And even if you push them out, 
you're then trapped inside the dungeon with no way out, and they're uh, they're outside of the dungeon, able able to uh, come back in and keep keep you stuck there. So so if <laughs> if you were going to try and push a red guild out of a dungeon, you had to be certain you were going to have the strength to bring your loot back uh, out. I I like the idea though that if a red kills me on level three, I know he's got to run a level or two to get out. And yeah, yeah. I, that healing idea. Yeah, from, uh... I I really like that. Whereas on Outlands, I mean, Luthius, I, I've I've been a real kind of pain in his ear about this since server launch. I I really don't like the dungeon gates. I you know, I don't think they should exist. Um, but he's worried that the Reds would get trapped. The, uh, you know, one of my kind of compromise solutions was don't allow Reds to use the gates. And he said, yeah, but they'll just get caught at the dungeon entrance. Well, in, in my mind. That's fine. They're a red. That's the risk they they take if they don't want to come into the dungeon. If they don't want to risk getting killed, don't come into the dungeon. Um, yeah, the only thing now that happens is they get, they've got a timer. They like just invisible. Yeah, timer that's right. Yeah, they'll just they'll just they're just invisible the gate. That's exactly. You know, on the odd time I I go dungeon PK, that's uh, that's exactly what we'll do. We won't run the, the whole way out. So, uh, what what PK do you? If you don't like dungeon PK, what's what's the thing you're usually doing then? What's P- PvP. So I really like um, Corpse Creek Contest. That's my kind of big thing. I mean, sadly, that's only once every four hours, but I know Luthius has got some uh, plans afoot to increase kind of PvP, con- uh, PvP content for oranges. So there's the Sieges on Sieges system, uh, hopefully a scoreboard system for factions as well. Uh, although it will be guild-based rather than, rather than factions is my understanding. Um, so yeah, I, I I like small group guild v guild action, which Outlands has sadly been kind of sorely lacking in. Corpse Creek contest is absolutely brilliant. Uh, well, just Akasha, not, not frequent enough. Akasha talked about Corpse Creek contest that he wasn't he didn't like it that much because it it it's supposed to be guild versus guild and ends up being alliance versus alliance. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, uh, he has got a point to an extent, but in general, it's very small group versus very small group. And whether those whether those groups are in one guild or two guilds or three guilds, I don't really mind. It's the best place for your guild to test itself against enemy guilds. I, I love it as a concept. I think uh, I think they're building on it for sure with their future content because uh, sieges and and uh, what they're going to do with flashpoints, all that sounds like uh, they saw Corpse Creek and wanted to expand that system uh, to make it kind of like how PVP is on the shard. Um, yeah, we'll I, see, I yeah. Think it, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it really, it's another thing that's just hugely to the credit of uh, Owen and Luthius. They've got such, they're, you know, their ears to the ground of what players are asking for. This, the idea for Corpse Creek Contest came completely from the mind of a player, um, Tristan from the Umbral Guild. You know, he, he basically wrote the entire system. Luthius, recognized a good idea picked it up ran with it and and there we are i think it, it, from from kind of inception of the idea at least when it was first put on paper he had it implemented within six weeks which is yeah just unbelievable uh let's see what else uh do we talk about did you, uh, want to, did you want to talk about um outlands before launch i guess i've you know with owing <laughs> keep keep mentioning yeah. Outlands is first player. Maybe, maybe that's the one thing I can offer, offer kind of an interesting perspective on. Really, yeah, I, I definitely saw the the beta announcement. I beta the you know Outlands info dump form thread like ten months before launch, 
and right. read through the whole thing, which is a lot for a non-UO player to do, but I read the whole thing was it was immensely fascinated by the project. It just looked like it was going to be an awesome place to uh to live in a in a in a world, you know. So I I, I started dialing and then but I didn't really play until a month before launch. Right. So it sounds like you read the same thing I did, only uh, you know, you were there as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, I actually didn't know much about the um, the design. So the, I first knew about the project in 2016. I played a server called um, Roll Poor. Uh, uh, yeah, I played. Was, I did play Roll Poor. It was like, yeah, so one or two. This was two. So I um, I was really really involved in that server, although it was short lived. It kind of I got the UO bug back like like never before really. Probably I was as addicted or more addicted as I was on uh, OSI days. It was a fantastic server, but it never quite had the initial starting population. It couldn't it couldn't cope with the inevitable drop off when when you know a significant portion of the initial player base get bored. I think it started with such kind of like two hundred you know, compared to Outlands, which was reaching two thousand at, at launch. So so it died off very, very quickly. But it was a it was a fantastic server. Second age again, um, really really good rule set. Totally custom map that was built by uh, Admiralus, the admin. Um, and I, I, I obviously great. have some weird fascination with the custom because uh, the same thing happened with me. I, I think I did Realport one. Uh, they had a really cool map, very yeah. very condensed, uh, like unique rolling dungeon type of system too. Although for me, I macroed up, had a character died a couple times and quit. Yeah. It was kind Which, of learning that. Comment. Yeah, that's that. That I mean, to be honest, that's been my experience. With most other free servers, I've tried three or four times. And I think Rollport, I've never kind of had the same feeling that I had on um, on OSI. Um, and this, I think, it was somewhere around February to, to May 2016 that it was that it was around, and I played a lot. I mean, I I was <laughs> I absolutely neglected my job and my girlfriend for this period. I mean, UO has some kind of strange hold on people be uh be unhealthy at times i'm sure a lot of people that will uh will listen to this will recognize it that yeah the, the, no no lifer you are no lifer uh, tlx <laughs> yeah oh, seriously that that wasn't my uh that wasn't my finest hour whilst that whilst that server was active i mean i've fallen back into it a bit on occasion with outlands but i've uh i've kept the the role poor experience to mind to kind of keep myself from totally uh subsuming my life in uo um but yeah anyway so Owen was a, a map developer for Rollpour. I'm not sure if he, he was ever kind of part of the development team or not, but he'd built a significant of their map. Um, and I've always been kind of in love with the look of UO and you know, the, even the original map. And so I think I was a, I was a very appreciative audience in Discord for Owen. You know, he'd release some new content, and I'd be the one like going to check it out and taking screenshots and. Uh, giving feedback so me and him kind of like you know struck up a friendship over that so um you know he'd show me he started showing me things that he'd built for this kind of server that he was hoping to do and he you know he had he had a coder lined up but he wasn't sure if he was gonna have the time to ever commit to a project so i you know i start i started talking to owen at the time like oh you know well I'm sure. I'm sure there's other people you can you can look at if you know, your code is not available this it's, it seems crazy that your map would go to waste so I kind of got dragged into the, into the project just on the back of the fantastic map design 
and how keen Owen was. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. He, um, you're the you're the Owen hype man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, I'll say it now. I, yeah, I, Owen's Owen's a, a great guy, and he's done an amazing job this project so i i will continue as much as it may make people cringe and uh, whatever i will continue to be uh owen type man because he's basically saved uo the greatest game in history he's he's brought it back so i'm gonna be his uh his fan club forever just just for that i'm, I'm with you on the art though it's it's uh it's what drew me to the game i think and uh and this project itself is just showcased it so well all the all the custom and unique things did with the water and uh, some of the really cool dungeons. He's he's found thousands of pieces of art and he's commissioned pieces of art. I mean, he's he's gone, he's struck up relations with um, European uh, roleplay servers to share content. So the towns of uh, Andaria and Cambria, I believe, they borrowed from a Czech server called Andaria. Um, and Owen... Um, I mean, traded parts of his map, which they then included on, on their map to allow him to include them. Um, yeah, is he's basically found everything that's ever been made map-wise for UO, and either imitated it or done a deal to uh, tra- to, to trade to include it on Outland. So when we look at the map, we really are looking at kind of like the uh, the final form of fifteen years of people's UO map development. That's a great way to look at it. I think you're absolutely correct too. <laughs> he, um, I would, I was really lucky to get this um, this early insight into it as it as it was building. So Owen put me to work. He kind of trained me up on a little bit of the uh, the, the map editor, which is called Centroid. I'm not sure if you're aware of it or um, it's really that well known, but it's a it's a fantastic tool. It needs a little bit of uh, time and effort to learn, and I I certainly never learnt it to its uh, to its fullest extent. But uh, Owen put me to work on some of the most mundane tasks you can imagine. So building the coastline, um, just putting the coast tiles in. So if you, I don't know if you can picture what the coastline looks like. So there's just like a kind of like almost a also, tide, so black, tide black mark. Black P should DM you for all of his uh, coastline mistakes yeah. he finds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I genuinely am responsible for all of them. That was That was my role. And I clearly didn't. It's actually much easier to see the mistakes in game than it is in the map editor. Sadly, sometimes you you can have you could have the two open at the same time. So Owen would have a, a server open that I could connect to actually in game, uh, and you could see a mistake in there, but you can't see it in the map editor. So you've got to kind of run around the two simultaneously with you know one on one screen and one on another screen to spot them. And uh, okay, yeah, yeah, interesting. As as you see, Black Tea is still finding loads of them. So, but yeah, I kind of I saw the map grow from you know really a really basic kind of outline you know, owen had built some towns some of which he's included some of which he's which he's discarded now um and the kind of base outline of the continent but apart from that i've you know i've seen it grow from the ground up and this was before i knew anything about any uh, any mechanics for the server so it turns out luthius had been working on something in the background for years but him and owen had only kind of talked about you know, some kind of project in the future. Uh, there was no kind of like firm commitment that they were going to build a server together. It was just just a hobby for the two guys, as far as I'm as far as I'm aware. Um, and then Owen made the uh, I, I I kind of urged him that it's it's time to to get a community going. And then um, when he started the out the uh, Outlands Discord, it was 
Phoenix, myself, Owen and Luthius for a, <laughs> for, a, for, a, for a good few weeks, which is a, which is a great community. Um, but yeah, I think once when the community um, really took off, when they started seeing, you know, Luthius started revealing some of the feet that he'd coded, Owen started posting screenshots of the map. So within, you know, within months, there was there were hundreds of people in the server, in, in the Discord server. Yeah, just that rolling avalanche, uh, slow, slow rolling avalanche. You know, it's just going to take over uh, the community, yeah. which is not surprise, uh, not surprising. I, I don't know where in that stage um, I was on board. I think it, there was just a long form thread that had like feature after feature after feature. It's about ten minutes before, <laughs> before launch. Yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. Like, how is this even possible? How has he created it? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's a uh, aspect system and the boat yeah. system and i didn't even manage to read a lot of these until after launch because it was just so much like i still don't understand the, the boat system for for ship people as uh owen calls <laughs> yeah the ship people I, I i got out there and tried to do it it is it is too much for me um yeah. i don't know what i need to get into it i, I need just less things going on so i don't know that that that's the way they're going to go with it but yeah, I'm I, I'm too one dimensional in my playstyle. I log in, PvP, and talk shit in Discord. That pretty much sums up my UO existence. Quite sad, really. <laughs> yeah, is there anything uh, like unique in beta that you that you saw that that maybe they were going to go one direction and win another, or just some weird trivia factoid that you I don't know. Yeah, so the I mean the um, the town that is now um, Cambria was actually. Completely different town that Owen had spent, I think, hundreds of hours building, and he just uh, just trashed it in the space of about ten minutes one night. I'm not sure if he, if he was drunk or what, but just, just deleted the whole thing from the map. So, it, yeah, it would have looked completely different. Ah, interesting. I, I, Cambria is uh, Trinsic, right? Pretty much like yeah. the yeah. I don't know how how close is it to Trinsic. I, I have very little. It, very very close. Um, stylistically uh very similar layout wise um it's just far far more detailed um and more beautiful and i mean there's so many like secret underground areas in uh, cambria you know trinsic is very very basic but was his original vision for cambria like horseshoe bay because if not i'm glad he built it it (laughs) yeah his uh, you know owens built some fantastic things and he i think he's probably the most talented map builder in UO history but his original cambria was not a patch on the one that the uh andaria builders <laughs> made <laughs> i think it was one of his earlier efforts which is why he was so uh so happy to happy to trash it and replace it with something better yeah, that's a very uh real thing where artists uh you know game makers happens all the time where they they build and build and build and make their game and then they go back and redo the thing they started on and what happens is they never release because you're constantly going back and changing the last thing you did because you learn so much as after you doing it. And yeah. Like, oh, I can't release it. I had to redo this, but then we need to redo that. And then you're just, just endlessly redoing things. Um, yeah. Not surprised. I, I spent the probably two years trying to convince him not to add as many towns because I didn't believe that the player base would ever warrant the amount of towns that, that he was planning on. But it turns out, uh, it, it really does. I mean, who thought UO could attract 2,000 players in, in 2018, 2019? But yeah, Owen, yeah. Owen, Owen, Owen was, was right. Planets. 
It's still he supporting could, yeah. all of it eight months in, which is even he more could, impressive. He I think. Could, yeah, he could probably add more towns in it. They wouldn't. You know, I was I was utterly wrong. I my suggestion was three towns, no more. You, could, you know, I was saying to him, you're going to really, really regret it if you add more. They're going to seem like ghost towns. New players are going to log in, not see anyone. Then they'll just log straight out. But there's people absolutely everywhere. Yeah, he just he loved making the map, so he made what he yeah. wanted. I think. And oh, I mean, with Luthius. he. I can see how he sunk so much time into the map editor. I, you know, I was I was lucky enough to get this kind of preview, and although the, most of the things I did were kind of really mundane contributions to the map, like building coastline and building the outline of the caves and things like that, he he uh, he promised me I could build a dungeon. So I I think kind of the prior. 20 years of uh, of playing UO went out in the design of um, Mausoleum. So that's my kind of Outlands claim to fame that I built the majority of Mausoleum. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I I, you know, I can't I can't claim total credit, but I like I like I like to tell everyone every opportunity that I have, <laughs> that, that I have. I built this, but I mean Owen did the finishing touches. A lot some of the detail work, like I'm, I don't know if you've seen this kind of like a dam area with a waterfall he finished all the detail work on that i yeah i mostly kind of did the layout the basic the basic decoration and he did the he did the finishing touches but i enjoyed that as much as i've ever enjoyed playing uo yeah i think love it or hate it he's got a, a signature um and i think players either like it or don't the the one tile pathways um there's some other stuff yeah well, inter- in- interestingly a lot of the areas where that's an issue aren't the ones that Owen built. Owen is actually quite, his style is actually quite grand. I mean, if you look at Prevalia, that's kind of a good example of Owen's style. He, he builds big with, with, you know, with height and wide spaces, but a lot of the area that areas that he's ported in from some of the uh, European roleplay servers, those are the areas people are finding frustrations with. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too. Uh, I, I know like the, the new mausoleum four, that's coming. <laughs> they see those one tile pathways and they get all, they get all giddy. Do you mean, do you mean, not, do you mean off Sharif or? or yeah, yeah, he, like, nice. yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So <laughs> he's, he's almost kind of like playing on Oshiri because Oshiri is a, uh, is an Owen, Owen design from the, uh, from the, from the ground up. So I guess, yeah, he can't deny any responsibility for single tile pathways. It yeah, obviously, and, uh, is, obviously, obviously it's partially him. Yeah. By far, my my favorite dungeon. Oh, it's uh, beautiful. I think I think it's the pinnacle of the map. Personally, looks wise, I think there's dungeons that play better, but looks wise, it's it's stunning. It's the best UO dungeon ever built. Yeah, there's a, a there's a story there. Uh, you know, it just feels like I don't know. I, I want to run my D and D campaign inside of it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, some, of, some of them is just like a pathway for for mobs and experience, whereas. This feels like a, like a living, living dungeon where, where things yeah. are going down. He he was obviously inspired whilst, whilst building it. It's, yeah, I, I I don't think he'll he'll be able to battle that as as long as he as long as he tries. I mean, I I learned a, a massive um, respect for the creative element of it as much as as much as the actual skill in the building using using the tool because I convinced myself after mausoleum that i was some kind of genius map designer and i i, tr- <laughs> I, tr- I tried to start i don't know maybe five or six times on another dungeon but i just couldn't do it i didn't have the inspiration or the ideas i would get you know, a few rooms into it and i think without a plan of of what you're going to do is very very hard to do i you know, i 
uh, you know, I, I think uh, yeah, I said it earlier, but that, that's a quote from Owen. He said, you know, all your 20 years of uh, pent up UO inspiration all came out in Mausoleum. Uh, and I had nothing left in the tank after that. At all. <laughs> uh, that's, that's cool. Uh, I'm glad you shared that story then. Uh, I'll have to go through Mausoleum and, and then check out your, uh, I don't hang out there much. Because uh, that those elder ramp spawns get too <laughs> for me. Yeah, it's, a good, it's a good place to get yourself killed as well. There's a lot. There's a lot <laughs> yeah. of action there. No, I'm, I'm uh, really, I'm really pleased with how it turned out. There's one room in there I really love. It's like the the church area. Pretty cool spot. It's like a you want to go there and hold some kind of sermon or something. It's pretty neat. Yeah. So the influence for that is actually a, a roll poor dungeon. There was a um, a dungeon called Kashra on roll poor. That was yeah a really good place for PVM and PVP, and I was kind of trying to imitate that area when I designed that with the raised walkways. Oh yeah, yeah, it's cool. Uh, so before we leave, what what you mentioned uh, the guild you run what you run with? Which which guild is that actually? So I'm I, I'm only kind of a, a new member to it, but I'm in the guild called Anarchy. Guild tag is A. So it's a it's a guild from um, Renaissance, actually. I believe is there is their origin oh okay uh, who'd you who'd you play with at at launch so i it was a group of friends i've got a bad habit of dragging my uh my friends from osi so it was the ic guild that i uh that i ran on europa and Dragonfell's kind of a pvp pk guild i dragged a few of them back sadly every time i dragged them back to uo they're gone again within two or three months i think i'm the only one who's kind of retained the the uo bug to a point where i will play this game solidly for a long time they, they enjoy the initial launch buzz but it doesn't last for them so we it was the x tag if you recognize that ex okay so that was yeah predominantly my friends from uh from osi with a few people that i met, met in beta uh we yeah we we, we were gonna give uh, roleplay a try which was kind of like rp pvp type but never yeah, really did, uh, that flip. yeah i'd never yeah i'd never done that before but I mean, it, we never we didn't really get off the ground. We yeah, made a fantastic start, placed the Moongate House, you know, did everything we'd like to do. But everyone kind of drifted out of the game very, very quickly. Uh, uh, which uh, which Moongate? Do you, do you do you still have that house or that? Trin- no, Trinsic. It's the one um, directly uh, north. Sorry, directly uh, directly east of the Moongate. Okay. But no, we, and we we sold that a while back. Actually, Genesis owns it now. Yeah, that's probably a bad move to sell. Yeah, them. I don't know. I just I. One of one of my um, one of my guildmates, um, kind of everything he had was tied up in that. He hadn't placed another house because uh, we, yeah, it was it was a total kind of guild effort. We didn't, um, no one had kind of personal gold. We pulled everything into property. And one of the last people left playing, he didn't really have anything, so he wanted to uh, wanted to cash in. So it kind of like yeah, it seemed only fair really that we that we enabled him to do it. And I don't have any interest in running vendors. There was only me and him left playing. I've got absolutely no interest in uh, being a merchant, so it kind of seemed the sensible thing to do, even if we could have kind of held it for more money long term. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, and, and outlasting players is a thing I know. I know for real because uh, I think uh, a couple of days ago, Stormy Daniels DM me, and he was uh, he said, "Man, I'm not, I'm not coming back. Work work is gone in the shit, and I'm never oh, coming back." So he tossed me shit. his mansion. Wow. And, uh, I was like the last of the original Beard Brothers offshore. It's me and Nocturnal Llama still playing, but you know, our original core five or six, I was, you know, kind of it with Nocturnal and <laughs> he, yeah, he passed yeah. over to me and here I am sitting on this 
30 by 30 plot that just this force in the server that's probably, that's probably worth about 50 million now yeah let's well, get i think we're gonna turn into the beard brothers guild house so i i i could not uh i've looked at this thing for yeah. a week now like thinking how to decorate it well, like what do oh, i do with this this is, <laughs> this is uh, out of my Euro yeah program. it's funny actually uh, you know you've done in a, you're in a similar situation to me i you know i I would trade the gold and have having my friends back anytime, but I've actually done very, very well out of all my friends starting here and quitting. I, I, you know, I think uh, with these games, it's better sometimes if you just uh, meet like-minded players and and sometimes make new friends. And when yeah. old friends can merge with that, it's better. Uh, yeah. Uh, so many similar experiences where I, I drag all my buddies into a game and they all quit. And then a lot of times I leave with them. And yeah. There's so many more experience to be left ahead if you just keep at it sometimes. And I think, uh, I think we're going to be supported here. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This, the, 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 they've clearly got a, a long-term vision for the server. There's no reason we're going to ever need another UO server. I think Outlands is, is going to be here whilst there's interest in UO. So we, yeah. can, we, we can make plans for the long term. You know, I, it's, it's taken me a while to find a group that sorted me. I joined a couple of PvP guilds before anarchy and yeah good good groups of guys either didn't fit me for play style differences or time zone differences but it's, it's nice now i find i found a group group that i can uh, play the rest of my uo days with it's a perfect fit for me yeah i don't know if you guys are recruiting but we can we can toss that link in the uh in the show notes too yeah it's it's, it's very it's, it's very much a guild that doesn't doesn't recruit through anything other than uh invitation which is i think you know quite an important thing for for pvp guilds if you're going to last long term that's, that's kind of the way we ran ran ic as well you uh if you're a strong enough guild you can kind of cherry pick the best players from from other groups and be very selective with people that ask to join yeah they've, they've yeah they've built a really strong guild over a number of years yeah plus a core group that that works together well can really accomplish a lot here i think uh yeah a guild just proved that time and time again here well, it's, Outlands has got an interesting uh, PvP scene in that, in that, you know, in that in that context. And a really important thing in modern UO that wasn't as important uh, on OSI days is it's not just about having a good leader who brings people together. You need someone that can dictate things on the battlefield as well. Yeah, a re- basically a good caller. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I I keep telling my my buddies that too. Like just make a call, any call. And so and people will, will listen to it. And, uh, you know, if they make the wrong move, at least you made the call and then there's something yeah. that's happening. Some, yeah. Someone needs, to, you need someone to be decisive and there's a, probably the, the highest skill involved in UO is, you know, I, I always call them, call them generals kind of half, half mockingly, but it's actually true. You know, there's a couple of really, so, uh, Bile, Dreadlord Bile from the uh, Outlands Discord. He's um, he's Anarchy's main caller and he's probably the best one I've played with, you know, in all my years of UO. There's Genesis, who's boy's leader and caller. Yeah, again. Genesis will ever return a DM from me. I think he's just, uh, I think he hated <laughs> yeah, my chill take. podcast. He hated my chill <laughs> podcast. He's like, I don't think he's going to give me the time of day, but I'd, I'd love uh, I think he's he, he's too busy. He's too busy playing uh, Albion. Genesis, Genesis is, a, is a good guy. Yeah. I, I, yeah, he's uh, he's fully into Albion at the moment, I think. Oh, okay. I, it's, a, there's definitely a crossover between the two games, I think. A, a guild won't be successful as far as PvP goes now without a, a really good 
a really good caller as well as you kind of having a tight core that are together out of game as well as in game you need at least one person in your guild that can you know can dictate the terms on the battlefield so sup have got sup your dead who you know possibly the best um really active guild leader and caller there is around at the moment yeah i've got to hear it a little bit uh I, i don't i don't get in those comms often um I just kind of hang out in, in the Beer Brothers columns, but yeah, it's it's uh, the, yeah, they're a very different proposition to fight when he's there compared to when he's not there. So that, that's it, yeah, that's the calls. kind of influence one player can have on fights. Uh, you no, know, it creates order from all the chaos, uh, which is just uh, immensely powerful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Anarchy are very lucky to have four, maybe even five, really like top level callers. So I think that yeah, that's one of the one of the things that makes guild stand out. Yeah. And I've got, I've got many years in Eve with the, the similar thing, you know, you got to have backup callers and backup to backup callers. And yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, it's a real skill. I'm, I'm attempting to learn it. I've only ever been a, a, a kind of reserve reserve caller previously. And I kind of feel like I, I, I'd like to try and pick up that skill, but you need this basic level of, uh, of awareness that I'm perhaps not blessed with the same level as the, you know, the really, really good callers. Is there, uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about that we, uh, we haven't hit up yet? I think we've, yeah, we've probably, I think we've probably covered everything. Hopefully I haven't, uh, rambled too much. No, no, no I think it's been fine. Uh, there's always so much the PVP scene here. I feel like I just scratch the surface every time we, we do this. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I think the next patch is going to be what really kind of sets the tone. I think it's, it's looking like Luthius has got a lot in the works with sieges and sigils, um, Corpse Creek contest changes, uh, faction struggle changes, flashpoint changes, kind of marrying all those systems together. So there's something always going on. That's going to be the real focal point for the server. Yeah, I, I would love to revisit uh, this conversation once uh, all that yeah. time to be on the server a couple of weeks and we, and we kind of see where we're at as a community. Um, yeah. I, yeah, maybe get Akasha back on. We can. Uh, yeah, I think he'd he'd be a, he'd be a great person to discuss it with. Or um, yeah, you could pick up someone like someone like Gray or Pax Romaine or or yeah, there's plenty there's plenty of people out there actually. Yeah, I want to see what that scene shakes out to be. Who the who the players? Who's I like to bring on yeah, people well, too that that kind of give back to the community in some form or fashion too. So yeah. We'll yeah, makes see, sense. Uh, where it all lands. There's um like, there's yeah there's a lot of new guilds on the scene recently as well like it, it's changed drastically from four or five months ago it's mostly different names um you know anarchy were gone for a while um money guild are now gone um there's yeah there's been a lot of changes uh, yeah, yeah and, and the, the, the one kind of yeah the one real consistent has probably has probably been been sup actually although they tend to engage in different pvp to um to anarchy and the z guild that's now emerged you know we're kind of it's creek guilds whereas they're more of a dungeon guild they're probably the only guild that's been like consistently in the pvp scene from launch without any break yeah it, uh, some are growing some are, are shrinking uh, uh the z guild right that they're kind of like a collection of of uh, egos which is pretty common in pvp scene yeah yeah they've, they've got they've got some uh some some good guys and some uh some not so good guys shall we say it'll be interesting to see if um if Tex, the GM, I'm not sure if he is, if he manages to hold that uh, disparate collection of personalities together, I will be very impressed. Yeah, yep. Uh, I think you've had BB and, and LOD flirt with trying to get 
PVP personalities to hang out with us that, you know, beat <laughs> with LOD for the LOD. <laughs> that really made me laugh seeing, seeing Vita the other day. <laughs> I, I said to uh, a couple of friends on Discord, that's not going to last more than a few days. I think maybe it lasted two. Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't, I always wish I could hear and see those conversations go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think there's anyone on the Chill hasn't tried to recruit at some point, so it's only logical that he tried to get a couple of really good PVPers like Flub and Beaton on side. It would have been a huge asset to him, but there's also no way he was going to be able to tame them. Yeah, there. So there's definitely uh, there's multiple parts happening here. You've got the guilds after boss content and Omni and how to support those and the interaction that happened in a dungeon over all of that. And you got you know the PVP scene people prepping yeah. for what's coming what's to come with sieges um and how think, all yeah, that intersects I, I think it's very difficult for a guild to be fully involved in both of those elements because they both require a significant time investment which you know is great kind of advert for outlands that there's this much to do yeah if you're a, a struggle and ccc guild you can't necessarily dedicate your time to scouting all the bosses and defending bosses as well but there's loads of action at both yeah, yeah, it's kind of the whichever content you want, go seek it out and and get it. And I think uh, it's just going to get stronger with the the yeah. changes they have planned. Yeah, the one thing that is lacking in the PvP scene is it's very difficult to go out on a on a faction character or a guild ward character and find other oranges outside of a set event like CCC or faction. Oh, so so non timer based. Um, yeah orange pvp and yeah yeah i could see that exactly and i think that's more a a change in the player base than anything else what what yeah what is a group of player of five players going to do walk around outlands for two hours hoping to find someone in the wilderness or in a town or are they going to get two hours of solid action in PUBG or league of legends i don't think that's a fault of outlands i think luthius is probably doing the right thing in moving towards timed content like like ccc and struggles because then people know when to log in um but it is it is sad that means we kind of miss that dynamic organic pvp that would happen between groups yeah i like pvp with a reason too to have something to fight over Um, yeah territorial control Yes, risk versus yeah. reward type stuff. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, bosses do present that here. I don't enjoy the bosses as much as I enjoyed the Champspawn scene on, on OSI for kind of reasons discussed earlier, really. Um, but yeah, that they are the kind of dynamic PvP content. Well, your guild farmed it. Uh, you know, I, I know that, that we had our farmers and they're getting a million gold out of that dungeon to get that spawn yeah. and yeah, uh, maybe we're bad at defending them, but it just gives a little meaning to it. I'm not just running through a dungeon after some other guy for for what reason, you know? Yeah, I I, I think that the, the whole Omni system is fantastic in idea and implementation. It's at, yeah, the Omni and boss systems absolutely amazing that a guild could could decide to lock a dungeon down, farm it summon the boss and control uh, completely control that dungeon and use use red to stop anyone else coming in it's great and i guess that's what guilds like lod and sup and bb have been doing yeah I, and i think we may see a similar type of the non-timer based things will come in with the the sieges and and flashpoint their flashpoint revamp i want to see yeah. all that so out, but 
Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, my understanding is they're mostly going to be type based, but they're going to be very consistent. So it won't be a case of like like you have now a four hour gap between uh, faction struggles and CCC and the next one happening. I think, you know, from my understanding, it's going to be much more frequent. Which is yeah, yeah, and you'll have a, a reason to engage with the content. Yeah, yeah. Share rewards um, between all of the systems. Yeah, it, it sounds really, really positive. I think anyone who has stopped playing Outlands because of lack of content will be quickly drawn back yeah i i agree i think uh i think you're right we, we saw a surge of players come back for for the pvm huge patch a couple months ago yeah. i think it'd be similar with the the pvp patch or the yeah. guild patch as they call it yeah i think the uh the change from the active skill gain to more skill gain brought a big influx of players as well all right, man. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, I was not disappointed. I knew this would be a great conversation. So, <laughs> well, I hope so. We'll uh, that that will be uh, decided when we listen back to it. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Uh, anyone out there, go to our website, insideoutlands.com. Join our Discord. Uh, get updates. Uh, listen live if you catch us live, or leave us and and our guest feedback. So, uh, see you guys in two weeks. I have a big announcement. Um, I think I have Luthius. Pretty sure Luthius is going to hop on and uh, talk some EO with me. So nice be excited. I'm excited. Uh, you guys should be excited. So uh, see you all in two weeks.